up, everybody? And this welcome to Crossfire Podcast, the podcast for Crossfire Faith and Gaming. I'm one of your hosts, Russ Dornish, alongside my co-host, the Reverend David Petty. Hey, everybody. How's it going? It's great to be on another podcast. We've got a very exciting show for you today. We've got some of today's news, and then we have an interview with Shanine, uh, which Russ is going to tell us a little bit more about, but I'm just going to tell you, I'm excited about the interview with Shanine and some of the stuff we talked to her about, how culture and faith intersect, and the blog she's got. So make sure you stick around for that interview. Tell us more about that, and then let's get into today's news. Yeah. So uh, again, if you guys want to skip ahead to the interview, uh, feel free. Uh, We talked to Shanine Thompson about her blog, The Hoot and Howl, which she does blogs, uh, devotions, anything to do with that uh, between God and geek, uh, geek stuff. I mean, comics, movies, whatever you want to call it. Uh, she covers it. Uh, it's really cool website. I highly recommend you go check out the hootandhowl.com and stay tuned for the interview that we have with her coming up after the news, but let's just jump right into the news. We've got a lot of next gen console news stuff coming your way. And that is because we are less than a month away from the new consoles launching, uh, including the Xbox series X and series S and the PS five. But first up, let's do some PS five news because there was some big stuff that came out since our last podcast. The first being a quick uh, teardown video that they did uh, of the consoles uh, showed us the great ways that uh, the console is innovating as far as cooling goes, whether that's the um, liquid metal cooling they're using the giant heat sink, the giant fan. Uh, there's all reasons for why the console is so darn big. Uh, but it was really cool to see just how simplistic and how amazing the cooling solutions they've chosen are and what that could mean once we get the console in our hands. David, what were your thoughts on um, the teardown video and what it looks like will be on the inside of the PS5 when we get it? Yeah, so I mean, first off, I think they took the approach of addressing the first major complaint that most people had about the PS4, uh, which was the fact that it was also a jet engine. Uh, So like just the other day, I booted into the menu of God of War and all of a sudden mine started sounding like it was going to take off. And, you know, my wife was asking questions about it. My kids were asking like, dad, is the thing broken? Is it, you know, is it going to be okay? And it's like, yeah, that's just the sound of the PS4. Um, and the, the worst part about it is you can't even hide it in a console or anything like that because it just, it's out, you know, it's, it's, uh, if you put it inside of a console, it's going to overheat and have even more problems. Uh, so hopefully I think with the PS five, having the design that it does and really kind of being a standout artistic piece, um, they want this to be a console people can show off. And, uh, one of those, they want people to be seeing it, but not hearing it. Uh, so I think they've done a really great job addressing that. I do think it was interesting, the, the idea of liquid metal uh, for cooling the processor. Uh, some of the concerns, of course, about that, that it might deteriorate over time or cause problems. Sony addressing that, saying it shouldn't be a problem, at least not within, you know, what, 10 years or something like that. So who knows what that looks like in uh, 30 years, if people still have their PS5s around, like some people have their PS1s. Um, but yeah, I mean, those were my thoughts. I thought it was a really good design. It, it solved all the problems I think they aimed to solve. And uh, I'm just excited to have one on my shelf. What about you, Russ? Yeah, I'm excited to get get it in my hands. Uh, you know, I'm fine with it being really big. I have the space for it. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited to, to have a quieter console, um, quieter couple consoles with the Xbox Series X and the PS5. Because yeah, just even having my PS5 sitting next to me while I play some games here at my desk, uh, it definitely gets really loud. So 
excited to see what that's able to do the other thing we got to see from sony finally finally we got to see the uh, ps5's ui in a short 11 minute 35 second video that they put on the uh, playstation blog as well as youtube we did post it to our facebook page so if you want to go check out the video firsthand there you can but i'm going to go over some game changers uh, i'm going to go through the game changers kind of really quickly describe them and then david you can let me know what you think about some of these features that, that was shown in the ui so first sure up was of course speed but we knew that you know, the SSD is going to bring speed. So everything that this, the PlayStation 5 wants to showcase is how fast it can do everything. The next thing is control center activity cards. This is a cool thing. So the control center is what happens when you push the button. Rather than uh, the, the PlayStation button, rather than it going to the home screen, it's going to pop up with this control center, uh, similar to what you have on like a phone control center. And in it are these tiles. The tiles each bring up a different thing. Um, but the big thing that the UI video showed was tiles that actually show you different levels of the current game you're playing. And by clicking on said tile, it shows you what you have to do to complete the, the level. Um, it also shows you how long it estimates for you to complete that level. And it lets you jump directly into that level by pushing the tile instantly. So they showed this with uh, uh, the new little Big Planet uh, Sackett Boy Adventures. Uh, really cool idea, but on top of that, one more thing that it added on those tiles is it shows what you need to do to complete the level. If you click on what you need to do, it opens up a help screen that you can do picture-in-picture picture with while you're playing so that you can see either pictures or videos of how to complete the task that you are working on. So huge, huge um, user-enabled uh, and, and help system that they've added which I think is really awesome, as well as the ability to jump into very specific portions of the game. Now, that is developer um, heavy, so not all developers will have that enabled. So I'm interested to see who will. Obviously, I'm assuming uh, Sony first party will have that a part of their games. I did see a tweet from somebody who um, is on the Spider-Man team for the tiles, and they said, you guys are going to love what you're able to do on the tiles with Spider-Man. So that's another aspect. Um, and then real quick, the other thing, obviously the built-in help was what I just said. Uh, the friends interactions uh, and just the way that you can quickly go in and out of chatting with friends. You can even do picture-in-picture -picture watching your friends play their game uh, on a straight stream live to you while you're playing your game and you guys are chatting. Cool little feature. And then finally, uh, less clutter. So it seems like they're going very aesthetically pleasing with very large backgrounds and pictures, not huge tiles or information covering the screen. I'd say my one complaint with the Xbox and the Xbox's ecosystem is just it, it's too busy. Uh, Sony has gone for a very simplistic design. So hearing all this stuff as a PlayStation gamer, Dave, what are some things that you're most excited about? Um, what sounds like things that you'll be using? On top of that, I forgot to mention the uh, store is now baked into the system rather than being an app. So that should be also faster. So what are some of the things you're excited when you get your hands on with the PlayStation 5? Yeah, I mean, I think what it sounds like to me is that they're offering a lot of options for people to, to interact 
both with other players and also with the system. Um, so I think that's neat, especially, you know, as we've talked about during these like pandemic times, the ability to connect with people is a major value that I have. Um, you know, not that I've been playing a lot of multiplayer games, but I know a lot of folks who have uh, and really found their kind of social connection that way. Certainly my kid, uh, you know, for a while not going to school in person, uh, was able to find connection in online communities. So I think the ability to like see what your friends are playing and kind of uh, especially for those folks who would like to play alone together, uh, as Jane McGonigal puts in her book, she talks about the idea of, you know, being in a chat while you're playing one game and your friends playing another game and, you know, you're still hanging out, but you're not playing the same game. Um, so for single players that also like to hang out with their friends, that's a cool feature, uh, especially being able to see the screen. I'm curious to see how far that picture in picture goes. Um, I'm one who kind of likes to, uh, be at my computer and, you know, watch something on the side while, uh, being in remote play, playing on the PlayStation or, you know, be working on something over here while, uh, one of my favorite activities is, uh, or one of my favorite games is Hunter Call of the Wild, which is really just a, a sit in the forest and listen to sounds simulator. Um, so it takes like 30 minutes to sit in the forest and listen to sounds and wait for a, a deer call in the distance. You could do that while doing a bunch of other things. Um, so that's neat. I do think it's interesting they said less clutter because one of the major complaints that I saw of that picture-in-picture -picture feature uh, and of the tiles and everything else was somebody saying, oh, great, more things to clutter my screen. Uh, so it's interesting they're saying less clutter in the UI and yet during gameplay the potential for more clutter. Um, so it's interesting to see where that plays out. Uh, I think the store being baked in is a great business move for them. It's going to mean more sales. If you know, if you can take less seconds to get from that decision to that click, that's good. Um, hopefully, means a better, smoother user interface. Um, I do wonder what it means for those trophy hunters out there, <clears throat> Russ. Um, you know, f trying to to look for the next way to get through the next thing. If we're going to see more people getting more trophies, because it's going to be really easy to watch the trophy walkthrough video and, and go along with the game. So those are my thoughts on it. Yeah. It also included there. They didn't go into trophies very much. There was some stuff in the background that people saw. Um, for instance, they did have different trackers on trophies on some of the tiles, uh, which is great as a trophy hunter, you know, knowing how many times I have to kill somebody in order to get a trophy for it is, is amazing. On top of that, you shouldn't be killing anybody, Russ. Killing oh, is bad. Okay. On top of that, <laughs> there is this cool feature that somebody saw in the video that was snuck in, and that was the potential for digital rewards for finding trophies. Um, so somebody brought up a screenshot of the video and showed in the bottom that it said, you know, blah 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 trophy, um, earn a banner, and then the next trophy over said earn an avatar or earn a theme. Hmm. So it looks like they might tie in some rewards to trophies, which I think would be a great, great thing to do and, and add more people to the trophy ecosystem is by giving some of the reward out um, that's a little bit more than just the bragging rights of a trophy. So I'm excited to see where they go with that. Again, as a trophy hunter, I'm excited for the ability to just jump in. My favorite aspect, though, that I loved um, was the uh, timer that they have that said, like, you know, to complete this level, you, it, it'll estimate it'll probably take about 10 minutes. Both of us are pretty busy on the go people. So the ability to hop in and see, oh, this level will only take me 20 minutes. I got 30 minutes till I have to be somewhere. I'm going to hop in, finish the level and not have to, you know, jump in later in the middle. 
So I think that definitely brings a, a cool little a cool little feature that that I think Sony is going to get a lot of use out of, especially us gamers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's huge. Um, one of my my frustrations with some of those bigger, longer, more narrative type games, I've always avoided them because I'm worried I'm going to sit down and you know maybe it's going to take me two hours to get through this level or through this story bit or you know whatever's going on, and I don't really want to. You know, maybe I don't have two hours to give to something. Maybe I've got 30 minutes and, you know, to be able to sit down and say, oh, this is probably only 20 minutes. Great. I'm going to go ahead and give it a go. Um, One of the things I used to love about playing Overwatch, I knew I could jump into a match 15 minutes. I'm in, I'm out. It's, you know, have a good time. And uh, it's kind of like people do with their mobile gaming, like, you you know, playing among us, you know, it's only going to last for so long. So, yeah, it's neat. Uh, one more thing on the PlayStation side, obviously, in preparation for this, Sony's going to be rolling out some updates to the ecosystem to help transition to PS5. Well, update 8.0 is not getting a lot of people very happy. There is a lot of backlash to it. Um, and from what is is the biggest thing included in 8.0 is the way that parties work. Now, I'm still a little fuzzy on what it is that people don't like about it because, again, I am not a party person. I do know that people were upset because um, there was some discussion and talk about uh, the ability for Sony to record your conversations and start. they started banning people from their voice conversations with others. So the good news is, though, Sony has responded. And for some reason, they have started responding more and more to criticism and actually like taking responsibility. First, it was the tweet about the pre-orders not going well. And now... Uh, Sony tweeted out, hey, folks, just wanted to let you know that we're looking in your feedback on the recent changes to parties on PS4. Thank you for speaking up. We'll keep you posted. So they're acknowledging that people don't like it and they're looking at making changes. So I will say that is a good thing for Sony to be doing to get a little bit more, um, you know, help with the fans to show that they're listening, uh, to acknowledge us out there that we're upset about things. Uh, I think that's a really great step in the right direction for consumerism and also helping out the customer. Uh, so again, hats off for Sony for doing that real quick um, here on the news. I will um, say that I want to jump in really quick on the on the whole yeah. party thing. Um, I've got such mixed feelings, you know, because I think on the one hand, uh, some of the frustrations people had was like, oh, gosh, somebody else can be recording me now, uh, which, you know, technically, I think you always could record voice chats. Uh, like technically if you, if you pulled a clip in, you know, and you were in voice chat, it would record what the other person was saying. Um, but I think in some ways I applaud their effort to say, we're going to be a little bit more accountable so that if people are being jerks to one another in the voice chat, or, or I mean, really going too far and bullying and harassing and that kind of stuff, we're going to give them the tools necessary so that when they report it, they're not just saying, Hey, this one person was being a jerk. They're saying, here's the audio clip of them actually using, you know, racial slurs or, you know, demeaning me because I'm got different abilities than other people. Um, so I think that would be a huge tool, but I also am aware that different States, different, uh, different areas have different laws when it comes to recording other people. Uh, so, you know, like Colorado, for instance, is a, I think it's a one party recording state, which means if you want to record somebody else, you don't need their permission. Uh, California, for instance, I think was a two party recording state. So if you wanted to record a phone call, let's say you would have to tell the other person legally speaking, Hey, just so you know, I'm recording this phone call. Uh, I wonder how Sony deals with that. But I think if nothing else, all of the backlash and the working on improving, 
the the give and take and the push and the pull hopefully will give us a better system, a better experience, and maybe one where we can all be a little bit nicer to one another. That is always, I think, the goal, especially in the gaming community that we want to have. Uh, but moving on to it sounds like not being nice to each other is in our next story. <laughs> eh, a little bit. We'll see. Well, maybe. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> so everybody since the acquisition by Microsoft of ZeniMax Studios and Bethesda and all the publishers underneath have been asking the same question. Now that they are first party Xbox Microsoft companies, will their games show up on PS5? The only confirmation we've had is that the deals that were already done before this with exclusivity to PlayStation will continue and they will go through as agreed upon, but the future of Bethesda games is kind of murky. Well, Phil Spencer talked to Kotaku and this is what he had to say. This is quote from Phil Spencer. We have xCloud, PC and Game Pass and our console base. I don't have to go ship any games on any other any other platform other than the platforms that we support in order to kind of make the deal work for us, whatever that means. What he's talking about is the question of do they need to ship their games on PlayStation in order to be profitable in order to say that they get the most money out of that purchase. And this is Phil Spencer kind of saying, with everything we have, we don't need to do that to recoup money. Doesn't mean that he's going to, uh, because he also goes on to talk about how gamers should be able to play their games everywhere and shouldn't have any sort of boundary between playing them, you know, whatever way they want to play it. But it still murkies the water a little bit as far as the exclusivity goes and having that. Hearing this, knowing what we know, knowing how much the Xbox spent on Bethesda and ZeniMax, uh, what are your thoughts? And do you think it is smart for Microsoft to go uh, exclusive with these Bethesda games? Um, thoughts. Well, my first thought, of course, is just reminiscing of the days when Stadia said that they were going to bring all games to everyone everywhere. Uh, thinking about cross-play and cross-platform and releasing on multiple platforms, of course we know the reality is that even though uh, talk is cheap, uh, that talk is cheap, and so you can say you're going to support games everywhere, but maybe not necessarily do it. Uh, with that, I think Xbox you know, has the resources to, to either push these games to everybody they want to try to maximize profits, and maybe they don't need to, but maybe they could. Or maybe they say, you know what, this is actually going to maximize profits by keeping people on our console and preventing people from leaving, uh, which, as I always talk about, is my only reason for going with a PlayStation 4 instead of an Xbox One was those console exclusives. So, you know, I think it's going to be up to Microsoft to make that decision. Um, but I think it's wise of Phil to say, look, we, we don't need to release these on everything. We don't we can do what we want. Um you know, of course, I'm always a proponent of the idea that we play all games everywhere. Um, you know, I'm also a proponent of stores should be open 24-7, but I don't want to work the midnight shift. So, you know, <laughs> who knows? We'll see what we get. And, and as yeah. I tell my kids, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Don't have a fit. <laughs> yeah, tell it to every other gamer on the internet that throws a fit <laughs> when a game has, you know, timed exclusivity or whatever. Um, plenty of yep. fits being thrown there. Uh, the next up on, on Microsoft News, and, and this is all over the internet, uh, everybody in the media space that has a uh, preview Xbox Series X was able to fully release uh, kind of their preview, final preview before release date of the Xbox Series X. So go check out your favorite uh, big time 
you know, online presence, whether that's uh, any of the gaming websites, uh, PC websites, uh, you know, tech websites have it. Um, they all got their hands on and did previews. I highly recommend going and looking at it. The big thing they said is the speed of the console is amazing. The silence of the console is great. Uh, the games show up in great forms, although their one complaint is they don't really have very many next-gen games to really test that theory. More about how backwards compatible games look and improve, which is really well. I mean, games are running at a full 4K 60 frames. Uh, HDR is built in on every title. Uh, so there are some great things. In fact, I did see today that they announced that the Halo Master Chief Collection will be coming available on launch day at... 4k 120 frames per second you can go back and play the entire halo campaign from start to finish in 120 frames if your tv supports it mind you that's going to be a big problem for a lot of people nobody has hdmi 2.1 on their current tv sets so they will be unable to do 4k 120 but in the future we will be able to do that it's and possible. all the halo fans get something to sink their teeth into because they're otherwise would have been upset because uh no they halo on the new xbox the there's there's new no halo. no new halo <sighs> yeah it's gonna so be a Russ, lot of Russ, did piece. we get our preview uh xbox series x was that a thing that we got you no know, we, we did we did we did no okay no, yeah, no not not yet I wish. Okay. maybe one maybe day. someday maybe one day someday yeah. it'll happen you know that's right when we're someday. much bigger and people can go back to this podcast and be like, listen to how they sound and how terrible this podcast is. No wonder they were not popular back then. Oh, uh, come on. We got, a, we got a good thing. Anyway. I know, I know. So let's talk so, about upcoming game releases, Russ. Uh, what interests yes. you and what are you playing right now? And what are you going to stop playing when all those new games come out? So we've got an insane, I'd say, month and a half coming up. Uh and, and I'm going to kind of go in order. These are kind of in order of when they release. We got Watch Dogs, Legion, Dirt 5, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Demon Souls, Bug Snacks, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Cyberpunk, Demon Souls, uh, just already, to name some of the Demon games. Souls. What? You already said Demon oh, Souls. Oh, I did say Demon Souls. I said yeah. Demon Souls twice. Maybe that's a sign. Maybe that's a sign. Maybe I'm supposed this, to finally play a Souls game. And is this Demon the coming uh, crossfire spiritual warfare battle that we're going to have against Demon Souls? <laughs> On whether or not I play it, sure. Yeah. And I throw my controller and break my new DualSense controller. Yeah. Um, I'm getting... I, I have Watch Dogs Legion pre-ordered. I have Assassin's Creed for PS5 pre-ordered. I've got Spider-Man. I've got Cyberpunk. I'm probably going to pick up Bug Snacks because, man, does that look good. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, I know, David, you're a little bit more limited in what you have available time-wise, uh, what you want to purchase. So yeah, unlike Russ, I don't have unlimited funds. Yeah, so I think I probably, um, I didn't play any of the Watch Dogs. I bought Watch Dogs 2 uh, on a discount on Steam a long time ago and just never got into it. Um, you know, I think that it looks good. Uh, unfortunately, right now, you know, the, everything looks good uh, from a graphic standpoint. It's like, wow, look, everything's shiny and hair particles and... Um, I, I don't know. I really like the last Assassin's Creed games, so I probably will pick up AC Valhalla, though, uh, at this point I still need to finish some of the last Assassin's Creed games. Um, so, you know, for me, that's probably their bug snacks, uh, as a, as a guy with a seven year old kid, bug snacks sounds awesome though. I don't know. We talked about it. It might be like a weird kids horror game. So I don't know how I feel about that. And the, the creepy strawberries, um, 
And Spider-Man, <laughs> we were just talking about it yesterday. Uh, my son's favorite game was Spider-Man, the first one, uh, the PS4 Spider-Man. So Spider-Man Miles Morales is definitely going to come to our house. And uh, and then, of course, Cyberpunk. Uh, you know, I think you can't you can't live in the 21st century in gaming and not at least try Cyberpunk 2077. And I'm still curious to see, you know, where does it take uh, the the discussion about society, the discussion about the future of society, the discussion about the future of religion in society, um, and does it live up to the hype? Because at this point, like, my biggest fear is that there is so much hype around that game, it's almost inevitable that people are going to be disappointed that it's not going to be the game that changes their lives. When it comes to cyberpunk, I'm not worried because... Nowadays with games, there are enough previews out there of a game that people will come out and say, like, the preview I played was, you know, iffy, they need to fix a lot of things, it's buggy, it's not good. Everything I've heard from every single preview of Cyberpunk is like, wait till you get your hands in this game. It is ridiculous, unbelievable, so good, and that was only a small slice of the game. Hmm. So I, I, I... don't see it having any issues. Spider-Man Miles Morales, I am so hyped for it. And I think we are entering a new age in comic books because I think that Miles Morales has a chance as a character to overtake the popularity of Spider-Man. Okay? Sure. Between the popularity of Into the Spider-Verse, between um, the Spider-Man Miles Morales game coming out, the rumors about live-action Miles Morales joining the Spider-Man universe and Marvel Cinematic Universe, I have a feeling we're going to have some new things. And having a you know, multicultural, multiracial comic book character that is becoming so cool and kids are loving, uh, I think is awesome. Of course, the representation of, you know, his African-American background and his Puerto Rican background is unbelievable and awesome to have. So I am so excited to play that game, see how the character phases out and shapes and how they represent him on the screen. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for all these games. I'm excited to play them think- on the next gen consoles. Do you think with the new popularity of so much Spider-Man and the Marvel Universe, do you think they're going to come out with like a really good game with all of the Avengers? <laughs> that, of course, that, of course, being a joke because Russ played the new game of the Avengers, was not a it's, huge fan. So FYI, it wasn't in the news. I'll throw it in here right now. But Avengers is dying. Um, mm. I think they said they looked at the Steam numbers and like last week the number of people playing at the same time for the game was like 900 at one point, which the game is built as a co-op loot mm, game. That's similar tough. to Anthem, similar to Destiny. And yeah. when you have low player numbers less than a month after release, on top just of that, they just announced... Anybody who's been playing Stadia, low player numbers, yeah. rough. Oh. Well, it's even lower for that, so I won't even get into that, how you know, Avengers <laughs> yeah. do on Stadia, but... They also delayed the next uh, set of content for Avengers. Again, not good. Uh, Avengers is a mess. It is a mess. And I'm just going to go back into my warm jacket of amazingness and goodness of replaying Spider-Man and playing Miles Morales when the new system and forget that I have ever experienced the Avengers game uh, ever again, unless they have. I mean, it's almost like you could say maybe they need to just like snap their fingers and get rid of half the content in that game. That, of course, being a reference to... Anyway. Um, oh, David. Spoiler alert. That's the thing Thanos does. He snaps his fingers yeah. and people die. Um, yeah. But so I'm curious to see where the future of, of superhero 
games goes. I'm also I'm excited to see Miles Morales as a really good superhero game because for so long I think any superhero game that came out there was always a question and probably still will be for a long time. Um, is this a standalone amazing game or is this a marketing ploy to just monopolize and get the most money in uh, merchandising for a particular IP? You know, that's, that's was, I don't know. I, I see that kind of stuff all the time. It's like, Oh, this is a game based on this one character, but maybe the game is terrible, but they're trying to get as many people to buy it because people love that thing. So it's it's definitely been different in recent years i think um the big game that i highly recommend everybody go out and play uh i got um kevin from our our group community group hung out with us i told him he needed to go play uh, arkham asylum because he said he was a batman fan he started playing it and he was like russ you were right this is amazing um and i back that 100 percent. arkham asylum is one of my favorite batman stories so uh, recommendation of the month if you want to for super cheap go pick up the arkham collection on whatever console you have and play through the arkham uh, asylum city night uh, storyline and uh, that kind of started a revolution for comic book games and spider-man has kind of picked up where that left off very similar combat system was a great great uh, ps4 game excited to play it again on ps5 and of course play the um, expansion to it of the Spider-Man Miles Morales story. But that is it for now. Uh, we don't have any more news right now. We do have new consoles coming soon. I'm super excited. I feel like a kid on Christmas already. The more the days get closer and closer, we are we are less than a month away, David, from having brand spanking new consoles with new experiences for us to have at home. So excited yeah. to do that. And we will be excited about all that plenty of coverage of the new consoles as david's getting a ps5 i have a ps5 and an xbox on order so we will cover those consoles whether you purchase it day one or not so stay tuned and keep uh tuning in and subscribing to our podcast of course so that you get that latest news and stay tuned after the break for our interview with shanine thompson from the hoot and howl uh, and enjoy that interview. Make sure you go check out her stuff and say, hey, I loved hearing you on the Crossfire podcast. And of course, check out all our stuff if you're coming uh, from on her side of things and coming to hear what we have to say. Um, but before we go to the follow- break, I have yes. one more thing I want to announce uh, and just let people know. And that is that we yeah. are raising money through our Twitch channel. Uh, we've been doing this for a while and, you know, we don't stream a whole lot. We're not the people that are out there streaming eight hours a day, seven days a week. Um, but when we do stream, we try and put a lot of, of effort and love into the content. And more than anything, we're trying to raise money for a good cause. So a couple months ago, we raised uh, hundreds of dollars towards Able Gamers. And, you know, this month we are teaming up with uh, the Extra Life um, fundraiser that's going on that goes on all the time. And we're going to continue that into November. And in November, I believe November, what is it, 14th? No, I'm going to get uh, the date completely the wrong. I think it's the 9th. Okay, so on November sometime when it's happening, in a second while Russ is doing that and I'm just stalling for time, November 7th, we are going to put together some sort of significant live stream. So mark your calendars for November 7th. Remember, remember the 7th of November. Uh, where we're going to do an extra life marathon. We're going to stream for a long time. Maybe we're going to stream together. Maybe Russ is going to stream. Maybe I'm going to stream. Um, we still won't have new consoles in hand, but we'll still have a lot of good times and hopefully raise, I think our goal is a thousand dollars for extra life. 
help us get there. Extra Life helps to raise money for children's hospitals. Uh, I believe we're going to be raising money for the children's hospital in Denver, in uh, Aurora. And, you know, as a person who's got a kid who was in the NICU for a week when he was born and who has spent uh, a long time taking my kid to children's hospitals, uh, those places do amazing miracle work that that is really second to none. So help us raise money. Help us help make a difference in kids' lives uh, through the Extra Life fundraiser, through our Twitch channel, through our Extra Life marathon on November 7th. Don't miss out the opportunity to help us help some kids and have fun while doing it. That's all I got to say about that. We ready for the yep. break? Yeah, we're ready for the break. Let's go into the break. Right. And then Let's on go the to break. other side, we have Shanine Thompson. Yep. All right. See you guys on the other side. And we're back, and we now have a wonderful interview that we have set up with uh, Shanine Thompson. She uh, runs the Hoot and Howl website and blog, and we're going to get to know her a little bit better and also discuss some of the things that she covers um, and things like that. So uh, thank you for joining us today, Shanine. We appreciate you taking time out of your day. Um, let's kind of jump in and get to know you a little bit. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of uh, what you're, you're doing per se. All right. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, I am from Canada. Um, I feel like that's always an exciting thing to say on <laughs> the like American podcast. That I'm on. That's north of the wall, right? That's, that's, uh... <laughs> Uh, well, welcome. <laughs> We're glad to have you from Canada. Um, so tell us a little bit about your, your, your current project that you're working on. Um, yeah, so I've got the Hoot and Howl website that I run. Um, the theory is to release a blog post every week, and occasionally that happens. Um, <laughs> but it's got a mix of like Bible studies and devotionals and like geeky devotional content, Christian living, all that kind of fun stuff. Awesome. So, so what's your favorite, um, what would you say is your favorite medium? Like books, comics, movies, games? Um, I definitely love movies and TV shows, but I think books has always been my first love. Okay. Nice. The movies and TV shows I know our listeners will probably love. We've got a lot of uh, movie and TV show fans out there. It seems like a lot of our gaming discussions end up uh, somehow <laughs> going back to Star Trek or Battlestar Galactica <laughs> or, you know, Lord of the Rings or things like that. So, yeah. What do you, uh, Russ, you, I think you had the next question. Well, to, to expand on that a little, what, what, if since books are your favorite and movies and TV shows, what would you say um, your favorites from those are uh, currently? What are things you think every nerd geek should watch at some point? <laughs> um, I mean, as far as TV shows goes, I am just constantly rewatching The Office. <laughs> um, I love, love, love Doctor Who. Um, I just started getting into Star Trek The Next Generation, and I am loving it. I 
it took me a few episodes and then I was like, no, this is actually the best thing ever. So <laughs> that's been really good. Um, that's encouraging. Cause I started watching Star Trek, the next generation and a couple episodes in, I was like, how many more episodes do I need to go before I get hooked? <laughs> I watched some as a kid, but not a ton. So maybe I'll stick with it and try and get back in there. And Russ, I'm sure you were uh, very excited to hear about the office there as you've watched it. How, oh, yes. how many times I'm officially on watch number 21 through the whole series. Oh, wow. uh, so I usually about every month and a half, I will watch the entire series through during that time. Cause I like it, especially cause I can put it on in the background too. Um, and I've seen it so many times that I know what's going on. Um, I am starting to introduce, I'm a high school soccer coach. So I've been introducing my high schoolers to it. So this season, every time we've taken a road trip, uh, we've watched the, uh, we're, we're on season three right now. We're watching on the bus with all the kids. So, uh, the office is always a good answer. As far as, um, you said books are like your absolute love, your favorite thing. Um, what are some of your favorite books, whether they be Christian books or, you know, nerdy type books, what, what are your favorite go-tos when it comes to books and recommending them to people? Um, I mean, it seems like kind of a basic answer, but the Chronicles of Narnia will oh, yeah. always hold just like the most special place in my heart. Like, I loved it as a kid, and I I don't reread books a whole lot just because there's so much out there that I want to read, but I go back to Chronicles of Narnia all the time. And yeah, I think it's gotten better being an adult reading them. Oh yeah. Cause there's a lot more, there's a lot more symbolic stuff in there, especially as an adult that I think you catch. So I could definitely yeah. see the, the draw to doing it over and over again. Um, yeah, there's one that as a film person myself, I, I wish that they would remake the Chronicles of Renarnia better. I feel like it was a really strong, like the first or second movies. And then it just kind of, was like, Oh gosh, we just lost steam. So <laughs> maybe that's something that, uh, <laughs> Film producers, if you're listening, reboot that series before you reboot Spider-Man for the 18th time. Um, I mean, Netflix is supposed to be doing a TV show. Of yeah. The Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. Think, okay. Yeah, I think I heard that. That it's that been in be the awesome. works for a while, but that's I think good. it's still like one of those things that's supposed to be. Very nice. Really nice. Can we get Henry Cavill to play Aslan? Is that uh... <laughs> for his voice? I don't know. I want, I want. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. Okay. I was just um, thinking about The Witcher. You know, as we we're talking about Netflix, <laughs> and and, uh, and I just saw him as Sherlock Holmes in um, the uh, Alona Holmes. Holmes. Yeah. Alona, yeah. So really good. Anyway, um, so tell us a little bit more about Hoot and Howl, um, and what what is it? You said you post some blogs and some other stuff, some Bible studies. Um, tell us about why you started it and. Um, and where your hopes are for it to go and what you want listeners to know about it. Um, it came out of a time in my life when everything was changing and I kind of didn't really know where my life was headed anymore. Um, I graduated from university, got a full-time job and got married and moved out and all that stuff all within the span of a few months. So it was a lot of good things, but also very tumultuous change all at the same time. So I think writing has always been a part of my life also. And 
I was having a conversation with a friend and I was like, I should just start a blog. And then I was like, wait, (laughs) I should just start a blog. (laughs) So, and like, I just, I love Jesus and I love digging into the Bible and like digging in deep, but also being able to talk about it in a way that isn't unaccessible and and just being able to connect it with like the geeky things that I'm enjoying the tv shows the books all that kind of stuff and like finding Jesus in those things and all that stuff is just super fun for me and I love sharing it with other people right on yeah, that's awesome. Um, so what are kind of some of your maybe long-term goals with the with the blog? Um, I mean, do you have anything that you're like set out to do or that you want to do in the future or even some things maybe you want to expand on on your website and stuff like that? What, what do you think your, your long-term goals are for it? Uh, long-term, long-term, I'd like to write some books and devotionals and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's a dream. We'll, <laughs> we'll see um, how long-term that is, but eventually. Um, and yeah, just being able to continue to share a message of God's grace with people is the goal for now. Nice. So um, tell us a little bit about, uh, are there any other projects you've been a part of or you know any other... Um, you know, podcasts you've been on or any other groups you're a part of that, um, you know, tell us a little bit about your experience working with those other things and um, what is it that you like about those particular groups or projects? Um, Yeah. So I've been involved in the Daily Nerd Devo podcast for, oh, I don't know how long now, a little while. (laughs) (laughs) And we just release like a two or three minute geeky devotional every weekday. And that's been super fun to be a part of. Um, Yeah. Jesus and geeky things. It's awesome. And it's an awesome group of people that I get to do that with. And I'm also on the podcast first geek 411. Uh, Cameron and Chris invited me to join a few months ago. And it's been super fun being on the podcast with them and Emma, um, just getting to talk about geeky things. And we have probably way too much fun together. Nice. Yeah, that's that's kind of the reason we do this is, yeah, we were like, we have fun talking about games. Let's uh, let's, you know, put that to, to paper, so to speak, in, uh, you know, the form of a podcast. Um, this last question, and I, I wanted to go into this one kind of as the real main reason of talking with you is because, um, and I'm speaking again for David and he can kind of explain his vision on it, but David is a huge, huge, um, believer in story and the power of story. Um, and when we saw your website and we looked at like your about me page and all that, your, 
your discussion on what story means to you and what it means when it comes to the idea of Jesus and then the idea of all these nerdy and geeky things that are out there um, and just kind of how they all kind of mesh together and are able to, you know, help relate and help show people different things. Um, I know David is a huge proponent of it and you and your website um, really talk about the power of story and, and what it's able to do uh, for that. So my wondering and my question for you is, um, why has story do you think captivated you so much? Um, and kind of what and when do you think that really you were drawn into that um, and that idea? And then obviously then translating that into a website and blog. Um, I don't think I can really pinpoint a time in my life without story. Um, I don't know, like we have home videos of me, like before I could talk, like flipping through books and like narrating a story. Um, and yeah, like I've always had a love of books and story and um, yeah, growing up, I was always in the midst of like two or three books. I could never get enough story in my life. And yeah, I think um, being an adult, I like, I see it even more um, just in the Bible and how often people can view it as just like a list of rules and stuff like that. But looking at it as a story gives such a richer, fuller picture of it. And you, God is less distant that way. Also, I think you get to know him as someone and not just this being up in the sky, like telling you what you can and can't do with your life. Um, it's someone that you can actually know and have relationship with and I think he obviously reveals himself through the Bible, but likes to reveal himself through the stories that we tell as well. Nice. Yeah, I know it's, um, for me, story has always been really important because it's, um, for me, it's how we make meaning in life. Um, you know, from the, from the time that we're kids and we're telling stories of, uh, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk, or we're telling stories of Noah and the Ark, and we're telling stories of, you know, regardless of what you're interacting with, whether it's, you know, watching TV or you're listening to Bible stories, um, it's story, right? I, you know, we as kids don't, don't start off with like, let's memorize some laws or, you know, let's memorize the rules or let's, you know, let's learn about engineering and science and technology and math. Like we learn stories as little kids. Um, so then I think, yeah, especially as we're, as we're trying to make sense out of, uh, the question that my son, you know, my 11 year old son asked me this morning, uh, almost 11, uh, he's not there yet. Um, asked me this morning, he's like, dad, like, what's the point of like life? Like why? I was like, well, it's like, this is the question that everyone has been asking forever. I was like, do you want, do you want Aristotle? Do you want Nietzsche? Do you want Jesus? Like, do you, like there's a whole mix of theory on that, you know, but the reality is most of it is where do we find ourselves in the middle of the story 
of what is happening in the world. Um, so I think, you know, to put ourselves into that narrative um, and say, you know, what's my part in the story? Uh, and then I'm fascinated mostly by the questions of um, when we play games or we watch media or we read books, like what are the stories that those things are telling us that reflect the truths that we see in the world? You know, where we might we might watch a piece of media and say, that's so much different than the world that it is now, but I really wish the world were more like that. Um, or we read scripture and say, gosh, look at how violent and aggressive and terrible people were to each other 3000 years ago. I'm so glad we're not like that anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad that we've learned to get along better than Cain and Abel did, or, um, you know, that we don't throw prophets off cliffs anymore all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That's stories captivating for me and it's exciting to hear that that it's similar for you mm -hmm. I think we relate to stories so much better than any other like you said like rules or laws or information stuff like that like we can look at a story from like post-apocalyptic zombies or like <laughs> um Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth, and those worlds are not like our worlds at all, but somehow we can still find a connection to them. And we're like, yeah, I totally get what they're going through. Like, I can see myself in this story. Yeah. And things like zombie apocalypse, you know, the question is, what do we do when we're afraid or when we feel like the people on the other side of the fence are out to get us? Or, you know, how do we relate to one another? If there's a question like, are you a zombie or are you not a zombie? Um, I, you know, and I would even say that um, story is the basis of our relationships. You know, if you if you see somebody and you don't understand their story, uh, it's so much harder to relate to them. You know, they're they're just a person that's in whatever category you put them in. Um, you know, you say, OK, well, there's a person that lives in rural America. So this person is probably, you know, you write their story for them. So they're probably, you know, drive a tractor and wear overalls and, you know, but then you get to know their story and you go, oh, I didn't realize you have a PhD in farm science and you actually, <laughs> you know, the, the story changes, you know, or you meet somebody from an inner city and, you know, you think, oh gosh, this is just some poor person. And you realize, oh no, you've had, you know, life has been spitting on you for a dozen years. No wonder you're in this place in life. So yeah, I mean, it's how we, how we get to know one another. And I, I really like, uh, Shanine, you know, how you relate a lot of the stories on, on your blog, um, you know, and, and relate them to the Bible and tie them back to kind of some things. Because I do think like relating stories that we know a lot better as humans, uh, people, nerds, geeks, like a lot of us don't even realize that there's a lot of similarities and, and connection. Um, I tweeted out one of your blogs, which was the, the one on Batman and Doubt. Um, which I absolutely loved because, you know, reading up on it and looking at the similarities between, you know, Batman's crisis of faith with everything that he's been through. And it really brings up the whole idea. What is the one question that a lot of people ask Christians? And that is, why does God do bad things? Um, and being able to see that in kind of this form, especially in a format that I really love, and especially a format that a lot of people love. Um, I think is a great comparison and tool to use to kind of say, 
you know, there's a lot more to the stuff that we take in and understanding how that then relates to what a real relationship with God and Jesus is. Um, and so I, I definitely appreciate, you know, your ability to, to talk about that. What was kind of your, what would you say your motivation or, you know, your inspiration to, to think about doing something like that and, and finding kind of these cool stories that you've found so far that are on your website? Um, that's a good question. Um, I can lead in with another question while you're thinking about that one. Um, do you have a process? Um, you know, as a writer, I'm sure a lot of writers out there are wondering about, you know, writing process. You know, some people start with a subject and then they explore it. Some people just start writing. Um, you know, how do you go about finding, you know, do you watch a movie first and then think, oh, how does that relate? Or do you read something first and think, what's a movie that relates to this? What's your process um, when you come to approaching a subject or a piece of media? Um, it usually comes out of like the geeky things that I'm enjoying at the time. Um, usually I'm not really watching, trying to figure out like how I could turn it into a devotional, but something will just jump out at me and I'll be like, Ooh, that was really good. I want to explore that more. So yeah, like the Batman comic, for example, like I had just heard about that storyline and was like, "Ooh, I really want to read that. And then I was reading it and was like, whoa, <laughs> this one hits <Yeah>. hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, yeah, it definitely does. I have not, I had not read that storyline or even, you know, when they had discussed that and the fact that they brought that in, I was like, oh, I really want to, I do really want to read that. And, you know, coming from a Christian's perspective, see what they think and what they try and say about it, um, I think is really good because I think a lot of secular media, um, you know, sometimes portrays Christianity in a multitude of ways um, and God in a multitude of ways. And so I'm always very curious and eager to, you know, take other people's perspective on what they think about this stuff. And so, you know, somebody who's writing Batman and bringing up the whole idea of faith in it, like, in my head, I'm like, why hasn't this really been done before or looked at before? Obviously, it's a secular comic and you don't want to make it about that and solely about that. Uh, but I definitely think that's a, a deeper aspect that could be explored uh, in more detail, uh, especially with a lot of the different things that he goes through. Yeah, it's um, you mentioned, Russ, that. Uh that faith is portrayed in a variety of different ways, you know, but I think so often faith is portrayed negatively in film. Uh, you know, so often I think we see, and I would say in film or in media, you know, we see faith as kind of the uh, cultish faith or the, you know, oppressive faith and, and, or even just the caricatures of faith. Um, and, you know, we've talked about a little bit and I'm curious, Shanine, what your take is, are there pieces of media that you've interacted with where you say, gosh, what a beautiful, you know, more authentic representation of faith um, compared to, oh, let's say, you know, like Far Cry 5, where, you know, the, the faith piece in there is like, well, these people are part of a crazy cult in Montana um, that that claims to be faithful, but, you know, obviously is, is more cult than uh, authentic faith. So are there pieces of media you've interacted with that you would say represent a more authentic version of faith that you would recommend to people? 
<laughs> Sorry, we're, we're coming one. out with like the you know, really <laughs> deep. Oh, I'm just trying to think. I don't know. I think, yeah, like you said, like faith is so often poorly portrayed or at least like Christianity, which I think can be different from faith. Sure. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I've definitely seen like a lot of poor portrayals. I think, I think the honest portrayals, like for example, again, the Batman comic just showing that like his faith journey was a struggle and it's still continuing. It's not necessarily something that like he's given up on, but he's just not sure like where to go from here. And I think that can be like a really honest portrayal of faith. Um, I don't know. I've been watching the boys, which I don't necessarily recommend, but um, (laughs) a lot of the Christianity they portray is like very kind of that cultish oppressive like just believe and (laughs) miracles will happen and you're like oh that's not good and like the leaders are all corrupt and really bad and then but then you have starlight who's like seeing all this community for what it really is and is questioning her faith as well like I don't think she wants to give up on God, but she's definitely giving up on that community because it's not what it says it is. Sure. And it's it's funny you said that because I was going to bring that up because I've actually seen on a, on a few Christian like geek sites and geek groups and things like that. They've been bringing it up and just saying, you know, the boys is a terrible show. We should boycott it. It's this horrible thing because it portrays Christianity so poorly. Um, and I agree with what you're saying too is, and, and I believe, you know, when I watched it, it wasn't like, oh, great, here we go. They're telling Christianity is horrible. I'm like, there is some Christianity that is like this. And it's it's out there and it is abusive and it is, you know, bad and it leaves people in bad positions, i.e., you know, Starlight in the show is kind of, I mean, not fully like physically abused on the Christianity side, but almost like just extorted um used in a in a different way um you know it just becomes this figure of like you need to be this like perfect perfect person and and what that looks like because you're our like savior and you're like our new it's almost that idolatry process that we see sometimes in you know like we said the cultish christianity and faith and all that um and so it's interesting seeing that portrayed but i do like what they show with her is like you know she's not necessarily just going to completely throw away God. Um, And I think a lot of people who come out of those type of situations will do that. Um, But I think it shows the good faith and humanity that, okay, maybe what I'm a part of isn't really faith and, and what God wants. Um, So that doesn't mean I need to completely throw that out. Um, 
And so I, I definitely, I honestly, I, I thought it was fine and it was good enough. And I'm not one of those people that's like, you know, the show's terrible. It looks at us in such a bad way. I can always, you know, find a little bit of entertainment and factor in, you know, making fun of myself. So I, I'm not terrible with, with spoofs or anything like that on, on Christianity and, and whatever it is. Cause I do understand some of it comes from a place of realistic expectations um, and things that actually happen. So I think there's a place for honest criticism, you know, and, and that's where I think a lot of us are not great. You know, like, what do we do when we look in the mirror and we say, actually, there is this piece of me or this piece of the organization I'm a part of that does need to change. Um, you know, there, there is this piece of Christianity that does need to change. You know, there's this piece of my faith that does need to change. Um, and a lot of people don't like that cause it's uncomfortable. Um, but I think those honest criticisms can get us to a better place. Um, so I think that's really neat. Uh, Shanine, I've got one last question for you, uh, unless you've got questions for us or, you know, Russ, if you've got other questions. Um, but my last question for you is, uh, is there a piece of media that you are most looking forward to in the coming months or the coming year, um, in any realm, you know, books, movies, TV shows, games, text messages. I, I don't know what else Twitter, <laughs> what else is out there? <laughs> Quibi, that's a thing, right? Yes. Quibi shows. Yeah. I was about to say that. <laughs> but nobody I don't know. really watches. What are you looking forward to, Shanine? Oh, man. I don't know. Everything's being canceled and delayed. What am I looking <laughs> forward to? <laughs> that um, is very true. <laughs> existential question of our time. Especially when it comes to movies. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I am looking forward to the Wonder Woman movie. Um. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything that I'm like super looking forward to right now. <laughs> okay. I um, think, I think that's the society we live in right now is like, we can't even look forward to a lot of things. Um, I know that you forward to looking forward to more things. <laughs> <laughs> I know that um, I I've seen, you know, some of your posts and stuff like that. I know that you gamed a little bit. Um, I think uh, you probably game on the switch from what I've seen uh what what is the extent and background would you say of your like gaming um library and what you're playing um yeah i'm a bit of a baby gamer i didn't grow up with it or anything so haven't established those same gaming skills that other people have um <laughs> playing animal crossing right now uh working on that five star island <laughs> um <laughs> I've been avoiding Octopath. I think I made it about halfway through and it's just so hard and so long. <laughs> I've heard really good things about that game. I have it. Yeah, I need to get back to it. Um, I started on a, on a vacation one time and I just never picked it. That's my problem is I usually, my, my Switch is very much a portable system for me. I don't love playing it at home because I have my other consoles. Um, and so it's mostly my vacation thing and I'll usually pick up a game for vacation, play part of it and never finish it. Well, Russ, but, on your next vacation, you need to play animal crossing because gosh, here we it go. is, it is the best. I'm just saying, I'm just saying <laughs> it's so good. Should right, I, should Shanine? I play right? animal crossing? Should I got Shanine here on the, on the show? <laughs> we can, we can gang up on you and we can tell you Russ that you need to start. Playing <laughs> so Russ, just so you know, Russ Shanine, likes completing things. And I, you can't I'm, complete Animal Crossing. No, <laughs> I'm a no completionist. End. I'm very much a completionist. It, it causes me issues with some games. Uh, 
I have not gotten into um, Animal Crossing. I have not gotten into Minecraft, um, which both David loves and a lot of our people love, and everyone gives me a hard time for it. Uh, so yeah, so Octopath and Animal Crossing. Any others that have you have you uh, tried the the Zelda Breath of the Wild? Which is my background right now. If you're watching us on the video stream, <laughs> um, I have not tried it yet. I watched my husband play through it. Okay. Um, I finished ocarina of time on my 3ds okay a year ago i think and that was my first ever zelda game so and then we bought um what's it called breath of the wild no the mask one oh majora's mask majora's mask and my husband started playing it and he says it's really hard and (laughs) (laughs) i've been scared to start it (laughs) Yeah, they're not they're not super easy. Um, but so, would you say that your husband's probably the bigger gamer out of the two of you? Yes. Okay. okay. What is he well. looking forward to? <laughs> so um, does he have any media <laughs> that he's looking forward to? He's very excited for the PS5. Okay, as um, are we. As are we. Yeah, very into Spider Man. So okay. excited for Miles Morales. Um, I think he is looking forward to Cyberpunk. 2077 yep i'm curious to see what they you know have you seen anything shanine about um the articles about how there's going to be a religious element within cyberpunk i'm really curious to see what they do there i haven't seen any of that that'd be interesting though yeah and it's tough because i think it's it's one of those games where like you know most religious folks are going to say i'm not even going to touch it because it's you know, like rated M plus if there was an M plus rating, um, you know, but I don't know. It'd be like Grand Theft Auto with like religion. So I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with it and what they do with it. Uh, cautiously optimistic that maybe it'll be some sort of positive, you know, you can choose different religions and it's not just factions, but I don't know. So Shanine, that do you have any... one more question, Dave. Okay, sorry. One more question, because I like, <laughs> I like asking the different people we have on here, especially as I get to know them and figure out, you know, kind of what their beliefs are and what their backgrounds are and things like that. Um, Shanine, what is your opinion on Christians viewing, I would say, questionable media? So, like, I would say deep down, a lot of Christians are probably like, yeah, the boys is way too violent, you know the cursing or the, the the sexual stuff in inside of the the show you know we i'm fine with it like i view a lot of that stuff i play mature games i do all that stuff because to me it doesn't affect me personally and it doesn't cause issues for me and so i don't view that as uh, as big of a deal i'm obviously very respectful of people who are like oh i can't play that because i don't like this and i'm like great that's, you know, you figuring out what works for you and what doesn't work for you um, and then playing by it. So what what is kind of your opinion as far as Christians um, kind of enveloping different media sources that may not be, you know, wholesome and like full of Christian meaning and, and messages? Um, yeah, I think it really comes down to a personal choice and personal discernment about it. Um, if it's something that causes you to struggle or feel too uncomfortable or anything like that like don't don't do it but i'm not gonna 
tell you what you can and can't watch or judge you for what you are or aren't watching. Um, I think like there's certain lines to be drawn, but there's definitely a lot of gray area. Yeah, I think about the, um, in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, the question that comes up about like whether you can consume meat that has been uh, already supposed to be sacrificed for idols, you know, and his big thing that he says there is like, you know, here's the deal. Like you and I were strong in our faith and we know that it's not going to be a big deal. Like it meets meat. You eat it. I eat it. It's not a big deal. But like if our approval of the meat causes people that are weak to stumble, then like we just need to be careful about how we go about that and not, you know, not go telling people like, hey, you know, this meat's totally easy to eat. And like now we're great and happy with all the like pagan idol worship. So let's eat their meat because we also worship idols. And then people are going to be like, wait a second, we worship idols, um, <laughs> you know. So I think that there's that that gray area, right, of like, you know, if it's going to be a stumbling block for you. But, you know, but I also think then my biggest thing is if you're avoiding all. Um, let me go back. Right. The scripture that talks about being in the world, but not of the world. Um, you know, you do have to live in the world. I think, you know, you can't, you can't separate yourself off and build walls and say, I live in a bubble. Um, we are called to be in the world. Um, and being in the world means experiencing what's in the world and, and being able to then have those commentaries on why is this appropriate? Why is this not appropriate? Why is this a gray area? So long story short, I would say, I like the way you're thinking, Janine. <laughs> I I agree, and I think Russ agrees too. That I do. And Russ and I are probably talking too much. <laughs> Shane, do you have any questions for us? Oh, um... Comments, monologue you want to make. <laughs> um, or you can also just you know to kind of end this out. Um, just again plug the different things that you're part of. You know, tell us your website again, uh, what podcast you're a part of again, so people can go check you out. Um, on those things and connect with you on social media platforms. Yes. Shameless plug away. Tell us where can people connect <laughs> with you? Um, yes. You can find me at the hoot and howl.com uh, the hoot and howl on Twitter or hoot and howl tales T A L E S on Instagram. Awesome. awesome. Well, well, thank you again for joining us on our uh, podcast and uh, for uh, sharing a wonderful time with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Russ, any last-minute comments? Well, that is it for me. I am perfectly fine right now. <laughs> All right. And if you're watching on video, uh, you'll notice the website down below, crossfirepodcast.com. Earlier in the video, it was halfway off the screen. I fixed it, so you're probably like, Crossfire, <laughs> what? Uh, and then the whole thing goes away. So make sure you check us out on crossfirepodcast.com and on our Twitch channel, where next month we will be raising money for um extra life so make sure you do that because we are raising money for that and trying to make the world a better place thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next week god bless Crossfire.